Hello and welcome to Tea O'Clock. With Kella. Bring your tea. And leave with more. Hello. <laughs> welcome back. And this is our very first transcontinental episode. Is that the right way to say it? I don't know. Is that the right? Because would that mean we're in, we're on different continents? Oh, but we're not on different continents. We're in different countries. It's like, oh, how I don't know how to say it. Trans... Are you, what sea are you across? Like, try, I don't know, this is just getting embarrassing now, isn't it? Yeah, um, basically, oh, this is the first episode recorded in two countries at once. Really? Yeah, because I am currently in Germany. I just, I can't get over that, I never will. I can't get over it. It's, well, I've only been here, what, just over 24 hours, what's a... 48 hours it has been (laughs) and already I'm pestering you (laughs) well I've got nothing else to do for a few days so I might as well just chat to you I was thinking about that I was like I feel so bad you just got to Germany and you want to have a break and then calling you up I'm like right Ella we're gonna record a podcast well it's fine because otherwise I'd just be staring at a wall I only had one suitcase to unpack so I was thinking about that actually. Did you bring your cooking things over or are you just going to buy a new set? No, I didn't bring any over and there's actually quite a lot in the flat already that they're happy for me to use. So I might just buy like a couple of cheap bits, but nothing fancy because they've all got stuff that they're happy for me to share with them because they're sharing it. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Which is good because otherwise I did bring my own big mug though. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think it's so hard what you pack in just one suitcase. I know and because it had to be a certain weight I kept weighing it and it was too heavy so I'd have to decide what to take out but priorities the plastic layer came along. Amazing. I can never complain again when I'm going to and from uni and I'm having a breakdown because I'm like I can't take everything I want. Because you had to go to another country with just one suitcase and you're going to be there for months. So. Yeah. But it's okay. There's quite a lot of shops nearby. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'll be able to get bits that I need. Well, I feel like we need a new segment called Ella's German Adventure. Just okay. so that you can keep yeah. updating everyone with what's happening in Germany. Um, well, currently there's a tiny German fly in my room. <laughs> and... I would open the window, but it would be really loud because there's a road just outside. So I won't yeah. deal with my little fly. So that's today's German adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or maybe you should teach us a word or two every time as well. Teach myself a word or two. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll come at you with some German words, I'll ask Yanko what the German word for fly is. Okay, I can chime in here with in Spanish and Italian, could be wrong, it is mosca, so I wonder if it's the same. Find out, who knows? Also, I've been meaning to say, because we've been chatting before we start recording, um, I absolutely love your top, the matching top we have, and I feel like I need to put mine on just to be (laughs) solidarity with you. Yes, I've got my Love Actually top on. Shall I put it on just because why not? <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I'm just going to put it on. I feel like I thought it's okay to wear it outside of winter time. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then I was like, yeah, surely it is because it's not got like a Christmas tree on it. I know Love Actually is a Christmas film, but... This t-shirt doesn't scream Christmas, so I'm allowing myself to wear it. Okay. <laughs> Where did you, did you say you got yours in a charity shop? Yeah, I did. Oh. Like three pounds in a charity shop. I have a feeling that it's from Tesco's originally, because I think, I think it might be. And got it for me. It is as well. The little label says two. Tesco's. Oh no, it messed my hair up putting that on. Yours looks so much, mine looks fuzzy compared to yours. Do you know what I mean? Yours is so much more vibrant. Oh, I don't know. Mine's washed out. Yeah, mine isn't washed out. 
didn't have much wear to it when I bought it. So sorry um to all our listeners I just got so excited by Ella having her matching top on and I thought let's jump on that yeah hey ho how are we doing this because so we are recording this episode and the next episode back to back and so I don't know how to do our what would be consuming (laughs) (laughs) week in between do you have two things that you've read watched listened to no I don't think so oh oh my god maybe just probably with watching and listening but not reading okay well why don't you do one thing like do we'll do two for the watching and listening across each yeah and just select which episode you want to talk about what you've read on <laughs> um maybe i'll talk about what i read on the other episode because it might be oh i don't know i'll just do do it on this one because i don't know what one's going to be longer and shorter okay okay so confusion over I'm going to start with what I've been consuming <laughs> um I read Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn I think um the one who also wrote Gone Girl so thank you to Erin for, lead- for lending me that book I read that before I came to Germany it was really good it was kind of a thriller kind of a murder mystery in a way because she's a she was a reporter going back to her old town to try and figure out well not to try and figure out who murdered these people but to report on the murders for her newspaper back in Chicago but she had some kind of issues some didn't really her mum and her didn't really see eye to eye her little sister died when she was younger and now these two other little girls have died as well. And she gets all caught up with the policeman who's trying to figure out what happened. And it's all just tangly, small town America. But it was really good. Yeah. I only gave it a three stars. I was about to say that. I thought you said it's really good. And I was like, three stars? <laughs> yeah, it was, but I wasn't, like, hooked. I wasn't, like, always reaching for the book to carry on reading to figure out what next like there were points that felt a bit slow and it didn't really feel like it was going anywhere I was like how is this going to end um so I think that's why I gave it a three but it was still good it's like a high three like nearly a four but yeah they need to have halves (laughs) I often think that that five stars isn't enough because there's a lot of books that I know you just have to give three stars because there's just nowhere to go because as soon as it's two stars it's bad and four yeah. stars it's amazing exactly so well I see a lot of people write in their reviews they'll give it three stars in and I'll put 3.5 stars underneath when they write it out and then what have I been listening to I'm gonna go with Ben Platt's new album yeah Reverie? Is that how we, how we pronounce it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've listened to it <laughs> the ten times, probably. I'm really enjoying it. Um, got a kind of cool 80s vibe to it. Oh, what are your favourite songs from it? Um, yeah, I think my top three are probably Childhood Bedroom, Dance With You, and Oh, I don't know. Between maybe I want to love you, but I don't, and chasing you. So that's like four. I love you, but I don't was the one that I really liked. Yeah. So yeah, those are probably my top. And I have, God, I've been watching. Ah, my dad and I watched all of the Lord of the Rings films when I was at home before I left. So we watched the last one on Tuesday night. So got my Lord of the Rings fix which I was very happy about. That's such a good send-off, I love that you did that. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Very nice. Can't wait for when we do the next episode, see what you can think up to say then. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering as well, I don't know, I think with listening to things and watching things it's easy to be able to do come up with two. Yeah. Because you listen to loads of stuff all the time, but reading, it takes obviously much longer to get through. So, hmm, 
I don't know. Have I read anything new since last time? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I did. I have read something new. I've read something new to discuss. Oh, okay. Um, I read Much Ado About Nothing. Ah, yes. Yeah, because I went to watch it at Oxford Castle. It was outdoors. It was really cool. And I gave it three stars. And I don't know, but then when I went to watch it, I was thinking, oh, should I have given it four stars? Mm. I don't know. But I was so impressed by it and really amazed, more so the production than the actual reading it. Because when I read it, I was quite put off because it's very sexist, which I think you, not quite pardon, but you think "Mm, maybe trying to detach yourself from it because of its context when it was originally written. But I, I found that a struggle. It was just... Mm, grounded I'll say it grinded my gears yeah um, I, I don't know yeah I don't know. Uh, and then I went to watch it and it's interesting because they set it as though they had been coming back the soldiers came back from fighting World War Two. I think it seemed like and it was just so funny because the whole thing I won't go into the plot because I'll do it terrible justice but it's about deception and these two couples trying to get together and people interfering and there are these two scenes where they're trying to convince one person that someone else is in love with them and that person is eavesdropping on them but they know that they're eavesdropping on them and it's so good because when they were performing it, they had all these plastic bushes around the stage. And so they were hiding there right next to the audience because there were only a couple of rows of us. Uh, it was just so funny how they did it. It was very, like, they used a lot of physical comedy. So, yeah, what I'm trying to say is I really liked much to do about nothing. And I was pleasantly surprised that it felt quite unique compared to some of the other ones I've read of his. And there was a lot of good... Uh, things in the plot, lots of things to like. But almost like a tragedy. So, yeah, intriguing. And then uh, for listening, I'm going to do it on this episode. I need to, I just want to say straight away Darren's new EP came out. Yeah. Called Masquerade. And it includes the three singles that I have probably gone through and shouted out on this podcast already and another one called Let's which is very groovy and one called Walk of Shame which is more bad like and it's so lovely and oh please listen to it it's gorgeous and can we talk about we didn't say earlier uh you know just the cover art they've done for each of the songs and they've done them for the other two on the EP as well and the one for Let's. Yes. Darren's outfit. I have no words. I am I'm a big fan. It it deserves its moment in the yeah. limelight. Upon. Yeah. yeah. That's what I want to say about that. And in terms of what I've been watching, ooh, I finished. Oh no, I'll tell you what I will say. I watched Moana and yeah. I really enjoyed it. I won't say too much because I bang on about much to do about nothing. But yeah, I thought it was amazing. Love that. So I'll have to listen to the soundtrack a bit more. Yeah, it is good. Lynn and Will Miranda wrote some of the songs and sings on some of the songs. Do you recognise his voice on there? I said that when we were watching. I already knew before we watched it that he had. And I said to my sister, I was like, oh yeah, go Lynn when he was singing something. And she's like, Lynn who? I was just like, like Lynn and Will Miranda. (laughs) Keep the lingo, come on, catch up. But yeah, should we get into the meat of the episode? Yes, and that was a good little pun, whether you realised it or not. (gasps) I've never said that on here. And well, yeah, I didn't even realise that. It must have been your subconscious. It was, it was, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, so, this episode we're going to be talking about 
London because we did just take a trip to London. Yeah, yeah. there's no stopping you traveling. <laughs> I know, I'm all over the shop. Um, and also, we're going to talk about Sweeney Todd, the deal yeah. Fleet Street, which we didn't go to Fleet Street. No, it was a bit too, well, we could have detoured a bit from Trafalgar Square, but yeah, we wouldn't have actually had time. No, we had, we... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, with the trains. Oh, don't even, don't talk about the trains. <laughs> But yeah, because we were supposed to see Joseph, mm-hmm. which we, I think we said about that one here. And we're like, oh, we'll do a Joseph episode. It'll be so fun. Did we see Joseph? No, because there was a COVID situation. Yeah. So we went and tried to take a picture <laughs> with the banners that said Joseph at the Palladium. And unfortunately, they didn't even have any pictures up or any posters. So... They just had the electronic boards outside, so yeah. So we just thought, well, what we're we going to do instead of Joseph episode, let's just talk about what we did do in London because it was pretty interesting. Yeah. And we to ourselves, and then we're like, oh, I think Ella brought up Sweeney Todd fits in pretty well because obviously he's in London. So right. Where do we want to start? Should we talk about what we actually did do in London? Yeah, and I think a good way to start is. The complete coincidence that was when after the whole train debacle, 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 but by going completely the wrong direction, we came across a restaurant, which had a big blue plaque on the side of it. that said how it was the place where Oscar Wilde and Arthur Conan Doyle met for lunch, discussing writing things and the Lippincott magazine. And then they both went on to write The Picture of Dorian Gray and another one of the Sherlock stories, I think it, it was. I am really bad. I don't know the name of the Sherlock stories apart from Hounds of the Baskervilles. Um, but I think it was something like The Sign of Four. If that is a Sherlock Holmes book, I'm really sorry that I, I'm not clued up on this. I think what it was, was that they dined there with some of the publishers from yeah. magazine. And then it led to, the meetings led to those books being published. You were right. It was The Sign of the Four. And it was, they dined here with the publisher of Lippincott's magazine on oh. the 30th of August, 1889. Oh my God. We were so, I can't tell you how gassed we were when we saw that because, well, we've spoken about Dorian Gray on here before, haven't we? It's one of our favourite, well, your favourite book. And the fact that it was, we weren't looking for it, we were walking the complete wrong direction. And we only stopped to look at that restaurant. Why? Oh, because it said Rue. And I was like, oh, is that Michelle Rue Jr.? And then we looked at the little menu and it was a picture of him. So yeah. we're assuming it's one of his restaurants. Yeah. Pretty cool. I love that. That, I think, is the highlight of my day. I just couldn't believe it. We were um, both just so shocked. We were like, everything happens for a reason. Maybe this is why Joseph got cancelled, just so we could see that. Yes. Yeah. But then it was pretty cool as well because so we walked down to the Palladium to get the picture. Um, we did still get a picture. Yeah. And we went round to the stage door to try and find a banner. And then we saw that they had the Wall of Fame thing. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty cool to see. All yeah, that was pretty cool. We've been there, there's been a lot over the years. Yeah. And that was my first trip to the Palladium, I think. Mm, exciting. And we got to go to Carnaby Street, which yeah. I love. It's one of my favourite streets in London. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute and all the little glittery banners and everything. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking, oh, we know London pretty well, but I'm thinking of people who don't. And I don't want to like over explain things for people who know it like we do. But just in case, uh, so Carnaby Street is probably one of the most famous streets in London. And they always put up really cool Christmas lights there. And they did Christmas lights for Bo Rap when the movie came out. I don't know, a couple of years ago now. 
Well, more like close to four or five years ago. No, it's not. It was like 2016. Or was it 18? Mm, more like I would be more inclined to say 18. Okay, maybe it was 18 then. Yeah. Okay. And um, they wrote out the lyrics of Bo Rap and had them as a lights. But they always do really cool things. And yeah. they've just got good shops on the street and little alleys off it. Uh, it's just really lovely to walk around. Mm. Nice area. Yeah. And then after lunch, we decided to commence the walking tour of London. Yes, which is basically what we did. It was a walking tour. So we yeah. found Bond Street first, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I should mention that we were on Regent Street quite a lot, just off it, and yeah. Oxford Street. So I said, right, we need to complete the Monopoly board and to get the final green one, go to Bond Street. Yeah. So we did, felt very out of place with all the very fancy shops. Yeah, because I, after just saying, I know London really well, I didn't actually know what was on Bond Street. I just assumed it was the same as Oxford Street. I didn't know that that was the dedicated, all of the designs were on that street. So, wow. Kept saying I felt so rough walking down there, seeing all these fancy shops. Oh, it was quite funny. Yeah. I just thought... Are the Monopoly boards the same everywhere in the world? Well, I don't think so, because I know that Monopoly do do certain boards for different places. Like, there is a Cornwall Monopoly, for instance. That is, yeah. So, it's not the original one, though. Like, if you went to America and they you bought a Monopoly... I, won't, I don't know whether London one. The London streets, or whether the American, like, original Monopoly has... America. Yeah. I'll have to do some googling and find out. Yeah, I never thought about it before, but oh, do you know what? As well, that reminds me. I think I got home and I was telling my family about it, and I was, I was so excited. Now I've done all of the greens, and then my dad, a couple of days later, sent me this thing that in London they're doing a life-size Monopoly game, and it. I think it's an escape room kind of thing, and yeah. you can go up to teams of twenty-four. I thought, how? Who knows that many people? But yeah. I assume you join the group and go however many you want. And there's loads of different challenges to go and pass around the boards and go onto the different squares. I I couldn't really work out how exactly you would play it, but it looked really good. And I want to do it, but it was fifty to sixty quid, I think. So mm. maybe not yet. That is something that you can do. I think it's new. That's really cool. Where did we go after Bond Street? We went back onto Regent Street. Yeah. And there, it was so pretty. It reminded me of Bath just because it was like curved round the houses. Yes, and then we went into Theatreland, didn't we? Yeah, because we went to Piccadilly Circus, yeah. which I was saying to Ella, I because often when I go to London, I just get on and off the tube everywhere. I don't walk around as much. And most of the places that we visited, I'd been to loads, but separately and never on the same day. So I had no idea that when you go around Regent Street, it's literally Piccadilly Circus. Right there, I know. It's crazy. In my head, I just know certain sections fairly well. And I just, I don't think of how they're connected. So anyway, yeah. I love that, going to Theatre Land. And it does say on the street signs, doesn't it? It literally says Theatre Land. So that was great. And then we also found the Piccadilly Theatre, where we'll be going in January. Because, oh, I don't know whether we've said this before. I don't think we would have. It's pretty new development. Yeah. So the other day, uh, we had, oh, we had a pepper and press thing and then... We just stayed and chatting afterwards and then Georgina was there as well. And then we decided to book tickets to go see Moulin Rouge in January with Ella as well. So the four of us are going. I'm so, so excited. I've literally wanted to see it since like it first came onto Broadway a couple of years ago. And now we get to see it in the West End. Have we done an episode on Moulin Rouge yet? I don't think so, but we should. I don't know whether we should wait until like January after we've seen Yeah, I think wait till January. Yeah. But 
So if you can hang around for six months, <laughs> there'll be a Moulin Rouge episode. We've definitely, we've spoken about it on here, I think probably because one of the, what I've been watching this week was Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And then I think you said then, oh my God, like imagine it came to the West End. I'd love to see that. I was like, oh yeah, I go. And now it is. And now it is. And we're going so very, very exciting. Yeah. Oh, wait. So what did we do after that? Oh, well, we saw Chinatown as well. We didn't really go through it. And then went to Leicester Square, which I love Leicester Square so much. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And I might have made Ella (laughs) go into Eminem World. Honestly, it was an experience. (laughs) It felt bad, though, because because you were saying, oh, it's going to be like Cadbury's World, and it's just not. But it was so good. I'm glad we went. Well, I love it. I have been several times, and it, I don't know, it just has some kind of magnetic pull. And I love it. So I'm glad that you could share it with me. And we got some photo booth pictures. Yes, we did. If you commemorate our trip, so that's lovely. I have um, them with me in one of my books over there, oh. using it as a bookmark. That's so cute. Oh. And then, where did we, what was our next stop? Was our next stop, did we go to Cecil Court to find the book shop? Oh, yeah, it must have been, yeah, because it was just after. Yeah. Okay, um, Dad steered us towards Cecil Court, which is a little street with a load of bookshops on, with my uncle's favourite bookshop on. Um, and, there, yeah, there was a kind of cool, well, the bookshop we went into first was kind of like a kind of spiritually kind of themed bookshop, which was really cool. Like, there was some really cool stuff in there, and there was a lady doing, I don't know whether she was doing palm readings or tarot card readings yeah. or something, but it was really cool. I never have seen so many tarot cards in one place in my life, so many different sets of decks there. So many, like I literally wouldn't know where to start. No. But one day, maybe. Yeah, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, Georgia would love this shop. Yeah. And then across the little street from that one, there was a couple of smaller ones, which we went in and then we realised that they were probably like collector bookshops because yeah. they had really old versions and there was a guy who went in and was buying a book for like a grand or something. Yeah, he said something like, oh, the woman tries to charge me two grand in there or something like that. And I was like, whoa. Like, whoa, like, maybe this isn't the bookshop for us. Actually, <laughs> No, but it was super cool to be around all those really old books and all the first editions. Mad. That's cool, we just tucked away off Leicester Square. Yeah, I was really glad we went there because I hadn't been there before. I didn't know of its existence. I guess there must be so many places like that yeah. in London that are just tucked away that you don't really realise are there unless you go there. So yeah. Living in London would be cool to figure those things out. We kept saying like dinner as we were walking around, we're like, just imagine if you lived here and like you there or something. So I feel like there's so there's endless tourist places to go. And then there's all the little side streets. There's just so much. Yeah. I just yeah. You need to look there to be able to see everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after that was that when we went to Trafalgar Square. Yeah. Yeah. Which was where we <laughs> saw the annual world bike race, bike ride, whatever it was. Yeah. Um yeah, we absolutely picked the best day to go. And we saw that, and well, supposedly people ride naked through the streets of London for the environment. But, well, not for the environment, you know what I mean? Like awareness of yeah. um, environmental catastrophes or global warming, whatever. Uh, yeah, and all I'll say about that was we were not expecting it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I never want to get on a Santander bike. Don't trust those Santander bikes. I'm amazed that those people trusted those Santander bikes. I mean, each to their own. 
my overriding feeling was just one of shock that that's allowed to happen. Yeah. Literally next to the National Gallery. Oh no. But it was nice to visit there again. Yeah, and they had all those people like sat down with their different easels, um, painting and drawing, which was really nice. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, so I would recommend that, even though we didn't do it. If uh, you are in London in the foreseeable future, I recommend going to Trafalgar Square and right in front of the National Gallery. You can book slots to just sit and draw or paint there. They've got canvases set up. And I think that's a really lovely idea. So if we'd known, we would have booked, but we had no idea what we were doing that day. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, I would tell me what we did, but I feel like we should review the places and say if it's worth going there or not. I would say out of what we said so far, uh, Leicester Square is really fun to go to. It's just chaotic. I just next to Comment Garden anyway, where they have loads of market stalls. And that's so, so cute to walk around. So you might as well go Leicester Square when you go in Comment Garden. Yeah. Um, and then world isn't that exciting but <laughs> I'm just obsessed it's just a personal thing so wouldn't necessarily recommend that but might as well if you're there and um, definitely recommend the National Gallery National Portrait Gallery not isn't as exciting I know like if you're going to go to one of them go to the National Gallery at Trafalgar Square um, not that we do we had more time I think we definitely would have gone in well I would have gone in anyway love a good gallery <laughs> true what did you think how would you rate oxford street and regent street oh no i love oxford street and regent street because i think if you want to have like a good like shopping day in london that's the best place to go because there's all the shops there the fancier shops the more just general high street shops and then you have the really big versions of those high street shops yeah and then it's great in the in like Christmas time when they have all the nice lights. Yes, yeah, like that whole area is not just Carnaby Street. They have really, really cool Christmas lights yeah. there. So nice. So big fan, and it's so close to all the theatres. So I just yeah. love the West End. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, finally, we walked. Well, actually, there's a few things to unpack here. We walked towards St James's Park, which was the overall aim because that's mm. one place I really wanted to go to in London. I've not been yet, and then I again, ironically, I didn't twig that it was right next to Buckingham Palace until we were there. And I'm like, Ella, it's Buckingham Palace, and I've only ever driven past it. I've not actually stopped and stood by it, so we had to obviously stop there, and it it was very exciting. Yes. So we walked all the way down to Buckingham Palace. It's really long walking down that. Really long. In the car, you don't feel it. Mm. And then we actually went into the park. Yeah. We got your photo on the bench. Oh, yeah, because I really want to go there as in Good Omens, the book and the show, they go there to feed the ducks. And I love that book slash show. So I really wanted to do that. So I did sit on the bench uh, and you can see ducks in the background. So I was really excited. <laughs> How do you think it compares to the other London park? Oh, I don't really know. I feel like it's it's a very standard London park, to be honest. Yeah, it's not remarkable. No. I actually prefer going to Kensington Gardens. Mm. I think that's nicer. Yeah. To end it off, we, I just went, oh, should we? Because we had to leave fairly early just because of the trains that we saw yeah. out. And I was like, oh, um, why don't we just get on the tube at Westminster instead of getting on at St. James's Park? I was like, it would just be nice, you know, whilst we're in the area, let's just wander out, look at Big Ben and that. And turns out that we we did walk up to Westminster. And I was just happy to start taking pictures. And then Ella was like, oh, my God, we can't get in. They've closed off the entrances so we had to run back to St James's Park but we did you have fun the glimpse that you got at Westminster Abbey yeah yeah it was great we had a great little glimpse yeah I recommend I think that's a lovely bit of London to visit. oh definitely and I think if we would have had more time we would have wandered around there yeah seen all that kind of stuff yeah. I just basically recommend the whole of London because I love yeah. London I feel like 
this is very what we've said is very good at people who have never been because we did just do the major touristy things yeah and it was doable in the handful of hours that we had yeah because we only got to london at 12 and left at half five yeah and we had lunch as well yeah Yeah. exactly but we it's just because we didn't really know what to do and so we thought we'd just walk around all these places that we've mainly been to before but it was just really nice to do i like doing the touristy thing but they're good spots for a reason yeah definitely should we talk about those do you have any other favorite places that you have been in london for maybe people who don't want to go to the big tourist places oh i don't know because i feel like whenever i go to london we do at least one of like the big touristy things because why not I don't know, because I was going to say something like Kew Gardens, but that's like a big touristy thing. Oh, I love, I love Kew Gardens. Did you know they do a Christmas lights show thing there? I think it's a trail you walk around. I've not been to that one, but... That's cool. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> Sorry, my coaster, because my drink was quite cold and it's defrosting, so it's stuck to my coaster and it's only dropped in our ship. so funny when that happens. Have you got any London recommendations? Yeah, I'll just reel off a few. Um, because prepared for this. Oh, no, it's funny because uh, my friend came to stay with me and I hadn't been to any of these places and she just found them on TikTok, so I, it wasn't even me knowing about them. But we did the cable cars at the O2, the Emirates ones, mm-hmm. and I think that was nicer than going to... Um, like uh the shard i wasn't as much a fan of the shard there's so many people didn't really like it yeah but yeah that was quite nice um also prefer going to the sky garden over something like doing the london eye because the london eye you don't have that much time on it again there's loads of people and i just can't be bothered with the queues but yeah i love sky garden and Mm. it's just so so pretty there and also we went to Bawley Bawlison, which is a bar oh, with all yeah. in and really cool cocktails. I got a scrunchie with mine. Mm. So that one, that's in Shoreditch. Uh, so I recommend that. And also, where's our phone going? Oh, you can Google, um, I love Notting Hill. And mm. if you just Google Notting Hill, like setting or film scenes on location something like that it'll tell you where to find William's bookshop and I went and got a picture of the blue door once I think I did that maybe on my 15th birthday and I was so excited um and because there's loads of blue plaques around that area as well which is really cool there might be a George Orwell one around there I don't know um and I love in Covent Garden which is one of my favorite parts of London I think it's called something like St Martin's Courtyard. That's really nice for restaurants. And we'd just overall recommend the South Bank. Mm -hmm. I love it there. Um, If people don't know, that's where they've got the Tate Modern and the Globe Theatre. Obviously, we love the Globe in this house. And the Sam Wanamaker, which is the more wintry one. Where do we know... What else do I recommend? One of my favourite places is literally just Madame Tussauds. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. Mm, I think one of the nicest parts is just Shoreditch, like with Brick Lane and all that, and Spitalfields Market. Yeah. They've got a really cool cinema place there in a... Um, I think it's more near Bully Balderson, like not near Spitalfields. Mm. And it's a, uh, like a five-star hotel, and you you, they, I think every Sunday they put on classic films and it's just really cool. That's cool. The decor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think in Camden as well, they have one of those outdoor cinema places. I really, I don't, I'm just going to stop now. What if I recommendations? I'll just come back and listen to this. <laughs> well, I do have a book which I bought with me when we went which was called um 500 secret spots or something like that in london so we need to go through that because yeah. we've got to think what we want to do when we go up there yeah, exactly. yeah. 
Should we oh. talk about the Medina yes. Harbour? Yes. It's late street. When yeah. Um, should we give a plot summary? Yes. Do we do a plot summary of the film or a plot summary of the book? Or both? Both? You can do the book. Yeah. Do the film. Okay. Should I start? Yeah, okay, on. so, um, <laughs> well, it's, I think it starts with Joanna and she is waiting for um, Mark, I can't remember his name, Mark Industry. Jamie Campbell Boa in the film. She's yeah. waiting for him to come back and because um, he was sailing aboard to seek his fortune and he was going to marry her and in two years on that day then he doesn't come back and so she meets this other guy who becomes the investigator of what's going on and she suspects something bad might have happened to him and also it opens with a random guy dying at Sweeney Todd's and also Tobias works for Sweeney Todd and is his little he's not like in the film with Miss Lovett he's his protege person and so he's like oh something funny's going on and then it's about um mainly Tobias figuring out what Sweeney Todd's up to and also this other guy investigating what happened to Mark is he called Anthony oh my god <laughs> I shouldn't have read it so far in advance of term uh anyway and um Mrs. Lover isn't really in it. You just see some people, oh, I really like your pies. And that's it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. But at the end, oh, and you also have the perspective of this random bloke working at Mrs. Lovett and he can't get out. And it turns out that is um, the Mark guy who was presumed missing. And oh. also, let me get this straight. I'm so confused between the book and the film now. So then Tobias gets sent to a madhouse and escapes. And then Joanna goes to Sweeney Todd's and pretends to be a boy. And then I think she witnesses they capture Sweeney Todd because there was a smell at the church in town. And then they realise that there's all these people in the chambers under coming from Sweeney Todd's. So he gets caught. And then Joanna gets to marry... Mark. Oh my god, what have you thought we call Mark? He's called Anthony or something. No, he's called Anthony, yeah, not Mark. I've just looked up um the cast of the film. But I don't know because they had different names. Uh, okay. I've got a, I've got I did write myself a summary. Oh, do you know what you read out? I literally wrote a plot summary to remind myself when we study this <laughs> at the start of term. That's so funny. Oh my god, why didn't I just read that out? Oh, and also it's actually called the string of pearls. Uh, because yeah. the running through it is um, Mark. Yeah, he is called Mark. Okay. Um, Mark had this string of pearls that he gave to Colonel Jeffrey, who's the investigator, mm. and to give to her. And then somehow, oh, and then is he the one? I oh, know, then one of the blokes dies, and it's when Todd gets them. And so the pearls connect them all. That's whole other thing. And oh my god, yeah. So Sweeney Todd murders Mrs. Lovett and is hanged. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, why did that take me so long? <laughs> I'm just so confused now, but yeah. And it doesn't anyway. that the um plot of the film is actually really different. Yeah. Completely. I don't know the music, the on-stage musical came before the film. I think it did come before the film. I'm sure. <laughs> Tim Burton did a film adaptation. So in that one, um, Sweeney Todd and Anthony, it starts off with them coming back into London off their boat. They've been off travelling, doing whatever. Um, Sweeney Todd is... is under another name at that point because he he disappeared because his wife died 
right? Well, no, because oh, oh, because it was because the judge took her and then transported him. Yeah, because he wanted the wife for his own, and then took the child and to become Joanna's ward. Mm. So then. Sweeney Todd comes back to London, goes to Mrs. Lovett's pie shop, which is below the barber shop. Um, he realizes that it's him who used to live there, who had she sings some song about having a beautiful wife. Um, <laughs> so then he wants revenge basically on Judge Turpin for trying for like taking his daughter. And all whilst this is happening, Anthony sees Joanna, falls in love with her, and is like, okay, we're going to run away together. That's just what you decide to do, isn't it? Yeah, so then the film is just Sweeney Todd trying to get Judge Turpin up to his barbershop so he can kill him. And then I think, I don't know whether he first accidentally kills someone or purposely kills someone because they realise who he is. Oh, no, he kills the first guy on purpose. Yeah. And then him and Mrs. Lovett team up together to make pies out of the people, to use up the meat. She loves him. He doesn't love her. The wife turns out to be the crazy woman. Spoiler alert, sorry. Um, I literally just remembered that myself. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, doing very well for not having seen it in a while. I've got an unfair advantage because I watched, finished watching it yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So you're doing better than me. So this is lots of codswallop. And then in the end, he kills everyone, kills Mrs. Lovett. And I think, does Tobias run the shop? Because Tobias is just like a little kid mm-hmm. who Mrs. Lovett takes in. I cannot tell you how shook I was watching the movie because, as I think I said, I don't even know how much we discussed Winnie Todd in another episode because we did talk about it a bit when I was reading it. Yeah. But, so I have seen my friend performed a couple of times in different versions of Sweeney Todd. So I did know the overall gist and not in a rude way. Like I kind of zoned out. Well, I didn't really zone out, but like I think it was around flu season when I went to see both of them. Mm. and I just was a bit like not with it and was not really following yeah so even though I had seen the musical I couldn't really remember what happened didn't even really appreciate at the time what was going on didn't know who was who Mm. so yeah I did know a bit and then read the book and so the book as we just said it's completely different story to the film and so I was watching it and I was like and I remember you told me some things like I knew that Joanna was Sweeney Todd's daughter in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think I even mentioned that in my rubbish summary. Yeah, which I don't think she was in the book. Mm. I don't know, I don't remember that. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, there's just so, so many differences from the original book to yeah. the movie. And I was just full of surprise. I was like, no way, no way. And I think it, they just took the basic premise and ran with it, it to make a musical. Like this huge storylines that just don't appear at all in the book that is in the film. But so much more. The the only thing that's really the same is that there's a young bloke in love with Joanna. There's Mr. Lovers making pies. Sweeney Todd's killing people. Yeah. And I can't even remember his reason why in the book. I don't know. I don't think there was this whole big backstory with a wife and Joanna also I don't know yeah because that's the motivation in the film he's just taking everyone's money Mm. when he stole from them oh I don't know maybe oh I should reread it but yeah and it was I was surprised then when Tobias was working with Mrs Lovett instead and also because Mrs Lovett in the book didn't seem that key of figure she didn't have that many chapters and I knew she was going to be big in the film but I didn't expect for her to have this love story with Sweeney Todd well pretty one-sided but the whole do you know what was I can't I didn't have the words for it I was like was the whole seaside thing yeah what was that song that was so not what I was expecting just what I know that was just like her like 
I know, dreaming and imagining. Johnny Depp, as Sweeney Todd, in that bathing suit, weird, weird. I was, yeah. Yeah, and it goes against how the whole rest of the film is and looks and feels. Do they do that song on, like, in a stage version? Hmm, I don't know. How do they do that? Let me find out. Hmm. I don't know, maybe they just sing about it, walk around, and there's crashing wave sounds in the background. No, they do. They do do that song. Oh, it's a Sondheim musical. Of course it is. But yeah. I would love to go see it performed at West End. Yeah. Oh, they should bring it back. People would go watch it. Yeah. I I wasn't expecting to even enjoy the movie because I don't know when I saw the other versions. I wasn't a big fan. I love seeing my friend in it. But I was just like, I think it's because I didn't really know what was going on. I was just But I love watching the movies so much. It is so a lot of musicals I I love, but I'm a, in between a bit like, mm. and the song comes like, woo, but the whole way through, I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? It was so it was just such a good pace. Yeah. I, it was really exciting to see Tim Burton doing it and just how creepy it was in Helena Boncarter and Johnny Depp. They work together so so well. Mm. And his accent intriguing yeah mm. yeah and I loved seeing I think you might have told me that Adam Rickman was in it but I didn't know that Timothy Spall was in it mm. and to see them together I was like oh my god it's Wormtail and Snape yeah. back together again I was getting half blood prince vibes oh. that was really cool yeah. the cast is amazing like Sasha Baron how is his name Sasha Sasha, yeah, Sasha yeah. <laughs> was in it I mean, you have a Tim Burton film and you know you're going to have the likes of Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Sasha Baron Cohen, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Such a good cast. And I didn't think anyone singing was weak. I thought it would be, but it wasn't. My favourite song, actually, was the first one. Well, apart from, you know, I love... I love that. When it's like, it's a pit full of expletive yeah and I don't know any more words but it was just really good it is so 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 good yeah and um, the whole thing with Judge Turpin I was taken aback by because he doesn't even figure in the book whatsoever um but I thought what is going on here because he wanted to he wanted to marry what is her name well joanna's mum oh yeah and then she's like no thanks i can't remember and then now he he's trying to marry joanna yeah it's really weird like i kind of get him wanting to marry joanna's mum i was like okay that's fine but then if you can't have her and i can't even think of why she was like did she pretend to die is that why she was no i think she was just did they say she was bedbound after mm-hmm. taking the arsenic and then taken to an asylum and then eventually released from the asylum, but obviously he didn't want her back. So, yeah. so I guess he was like, the next best thing is her daughter. That's gross. Yeah, creep. Ooh. No, I loved that her mum was the um, beggar lady. Yeah. I, do you know what? I was quite chuffed though because I had a feeling it was her and I, I never notice these things in movies. I'm so oblivious. And I was like, oh, I wonder. It's like, is that her? And yeah. it was. Can we talk about, oh my God, when he kills Pirelli, that's the first one I think that you see him kill. Yeah. And he's in the box and then it's Tobias comes up and his hand's just out of the ball. It's so, so gory. I was surprised at how gory and gruesome it was, which might be a silly thing to say because it's about a demon barber. Yeah. I just I thought it mean. like, you'd see him just go, <laughs> cut his throat and then gone. But no, they really, they did not turn the camera away. <laughs> no. And I think the way they get away with it is that the blood all looks so fake and red and I still couldn't watch it yeah it still is it still is a lot 
Oh, it's so gross. Like, oh my god! Like every time he cuts someone's throat, they just keep showing it, and it's so horrible. Like proper gushing out. Oh my god! And especially when he kills Alan Rickman at the end, and he keeps stabbing him. Oh my god, yeah. I was just like watching through my fingers. Like, oh my god, can I look? Can I look? And he kept going. Oh, I hated it. I hated that. Apart from that, I loved this film. It was so, yeah. It was just really inventive. I loved, like, uh, forgive me, I don't know any of the songs, but when uh, it was the fight with Pirelli at the start and Tobias was working for Pirelli and they did a talk, it was like, ladies and gentlemen, have your attention for the Miracle Elixir. Yeah. That was so fun with all the, the crowds coming together. Yeah, I really, really liked how even when they were dancing around like Helena Carter was dancing with Johnny Depp, it was a lot of fun, even though it's really morbid. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah, I like that they give a lot more background to the characters than the book does. That's really That's fun. interesting because normally it's the other way around. Yeah, and I feel like they just developed the book was a starting point and they're like oh okay what happens if we put these characters together what is their backstory explain things more mm-hmm. very interesting I appreciated that they went to the asylum for Joanna um, because that seemed like a fairly big part of the book with yeah. Tobias in there with this is an interesting thing because I remembered that the asylum was part of the musical and when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, who is this? Because Tobias is with this other woman in there with blonde hair. And I was like, that's not Joanna. Who is that? And I wanted, so that's obviously where the inspiration came for, from for it. Um, and I, I kept thinking, I was reading it. I was like, oh, who's it going to turn out this woman is? And I don't think they ever said in it. But I think that was really good that they kept that in. So that was more true to the book. Yeah. Intriguing. Because Sweeney Todd had a massive chat with the owner in the book okay yeah I had to go there on the carriage there's a lot of movement moving around on the carriage running through the streets of London mm. thieves chasing after Sweeney Todd what are your favorite songs from it I feel like you're more well versed than I am I think the first song is definitely one of my favorites what let me get this up boy I need to oh do you know what's popped up I have Moulin Rouge on my homepage. Because I was about to listen to the Broadway version. Yes, yes, I'm a big fan. Let's see. Also, do you think that uh, Johnny Depp, as we told, looks like Edward Scissorhands? Yes, it's definitely that kind of vibe. But I mean, they're both Tim Burton films. Oh yeah, that's true. And it is Johnny Depp in both of them. No Place Like London is the one that we like. That's a very good one. George often like sings bits of it. Is he? I know he probably shouldn't have watched Smooth <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we were watching it and he was upstairs, and as young children do, they always come down mm. in the film at the worst points. Yeah. And he came down at the point where he was like slashing Alan Rickman's throat. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, but now he has seen it all. <laughs> Can I also point out that they've listed Timothy Spool as Tomothy on Spotify? Oh, see, it says Timothy on here. The one I'm it, on the contest, it says Tomothy for me. Oh, it does, yeah. The contest, that's, oh no, that's the one after Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, which is such a fun one. And... This is reminding me, I loved Pretty Woman. Yes. Pretty. That was a really good one. And A Little Priest. I thought that was so funny. I love that when they're talking about, like, how about, like, how does a lawyer taste or whatever? Yeah. And they're going through the different questions, how different people would taste. That was really cool. And I know yeah. it's unrequited love, but they have a great little friendship. No, no, yeah. Nevertheless. It's a great little pairing. I also quite like Not While I'm Around because that's a really sweet one. That is my favourite one of the whole thing. Oh, 
see, I love how we have the same favourites. I mean, well, really it may be because Darren Chris <laughs> sang oh, that song. No way. Yeah. When? In season five of Glee, when Kurt gets beat up and he's in the hospital. Oh my god, yes, how did I forget that? Oh, that, oh I remember crying at that. But it oh. is such a sweet song, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. But I would definitely <laughs> recommend this to anyone who likes musicals. I think even people who don't like musicals, it was just such a good film. I can't get over I thought it's going to be really, I don't know, like drawn out and just long and yeah. boring and dark. And it wasn't. It was just a lot of fun overall. Yeah, it's amazing how fun a film about a murderer can be. Yeah. <laughs> I think because, not to try and justify, obviously Sweeney Tolly's just is this villain, right? But because the people, well, he's just, he's got this whole backstory and he's taken revenge against this really horrible man. So I think it makes it easier to watch in that you're like, oh, don't like Alan Rickman either. Yeah. And um, I was also thinking with watching Helena Bonham Carter, I couldn't help but compare her to Bellatrix. Yes. Yeah. Really, really cool. More Harry Potter vibes. I mean, when you've got half of the other Harry Potter cast in there, it's hard not to. Yeah. I just love, again, overall, the London setting and how they made it so dark and dreary. Yeah. The overall lighting, which is going very Tim Burton, is, oh. I would love to analyse it. I would watch it again right now. I wasn't bored at any point watching it. I think I might watch it this evening, you know. What yeah. else have I got to do? Oh, so good. Oh, I just love it. And But I was, um, again, very surprised at the ending because, in as I said in the book, I think that the officers just catch uh, Sweeney Todd in the act because they work out about the chair. Yeah. And so I think he gets off to leave him and he isn't in the chair anymore the guy who's catching him I can't remember so he comes back out and they're like surprise we've got you arrest him hang him before that he goes off and kills Mrs Lovett and Tobias is happy at the end he's actually got this whole backstory in the book with his mum and he's threatened when he was threatening Tobias's mum that's why Tobias stays with him but anyway so then for Tobias to kill Sweeney Todd what I know that was crazy as if, and then I thought, oh my god, what about Anthony and Joanna? Do they have it? Just out? ended, and I was like, I was so surprised it was the end because I thought they've not end, they've not said what happens with Anthony and Joanna. Yeah, they must like. Well, I guess they, they and then the, you know the judge is dead, so they're free, and then they just go off and get married. So leave on that dramatic ending. When you watch it on stage say in the West End, how do they, how bloody is it? I don't know. I can't imagine, do they? They must have, have lots of fake blood involved. Yeah. Can you imagine clearing up, if, especially if they do the matinee and then they've got a show in the evening, the cleaning's like, oh, not and all this fake blood. So many costumes, so many white shirts. <laughs> and people not be slipping over mid-show. How do they do it? I don't know. You need to go see this. I have a newfound love for Sweeney Todd. I, I enjoyed the book. It was, a, sometimes it was a bit, because uh, that is definitely more drawn out. But the movie, I love it now. Who would have thought I've been converted? So we have to go see it. I don't think I've met anyone who's seen it who doesn't like it. Yeah. So. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah, it was just such a good version of it. Mm really good acting I was wondering I just was thinking about it and I was like hang on a minute why is Johnny Depp in every Tim Burton film when I googled I was like why I literally did google that and it said that Tim Burton wanted him for the role because he's so good at just expressing emotion through a look just without even saying anything I guess it's maybe similar in the way that how Tim Burton always works with the same actors in the way that like Quentin Tarantino works with the same actors, because I guess they build those friendships and they build that link between like actor and director that they understand each other really well and can yeah. get exactly what they both want out of the role. 
which yeah. is really weird but then also it does make you think feel sorry for the other people who would have been good for that role but haven't got that relationship with that director that's true yeah it was amazing to see jamie Campbell bauer in it looking so so young completely different hair so young because i'll forever think of him as jace yeah in normal Trenchments. so it's like oh my god such a different because like yeah. I remember thinking, sorry. I mean, yeah. I remember thinking, oh my god, why is he in Ben Get Like Back in the Musical? I didn't peg him as that kind of guy. But then obviously, of course, he was in Sweeney Todd. Mm. I was thinking about him being, who is he? Is he Caius in Twilight? Can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's in a band as well, like his own band. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah, come on, Jamie. We've actually talked for longer than I thought we would. Yeah, I was I was surprised at that. I thought because you've not seen Sweeney Todd in a while. Yeah. I didn't know, but I've just been like, I just, I don't know, I've been having a great time with it. I was excited to talk about it. And just seen it like probably three or four times. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just love nothing better than a book to screen adaptation because quite often... I'm always like, oh, the book's better, the book's better. In this case, no, but it's hard to compare them because they're just so different. Yeah. But I just, more than anything, it's so, so interesting after reading something, imagining how on earth are they going to do this on screen. I mm-hmm. love it. Even if I'm then like, oh, it's rubbish, it's not the same as a book. It's just too exciting. So thank you for bearing with me whilst I got very excited over it. No, no, any time at all, I'm here for it. Oh, no, okay, let's wrap this one up then and we'll go on to... I'm not sure I have a blonde moment. I can't think of one. Oh, okay. Well, I do. <laughs> can you keep your blonde moment to yourself because you've done amazing in going... Well, maybe I can give it to myself, but I made it to Germany. Yeah, big thing. Um, yeah, it all went well apart from the very end when I couldn't get into my accommodation, but then I got there in the end because yes. I... I spoke to people, so <laughs> I managed to get in. <laughs> Let's hear it for self-love and introverts doing things. Yay! Yay! Oh, amazing. Best blonde moment we've ever had. <laughs> I am giving mine to Laura Kenny because I was thinking about this because yeah. when we last recorded, it was right in the middle of the Olympics happening. Yeah. And afterwards, I thought, oh my God, there's just so many amazing Olympians who you know we should put spotlight on right now and she is now I believe the most decorated British female athlete mm-hmm. is that the words to sports sportswoman yeah yeah I don't know uh, yeah and she's amazing she has so many medals she's got like five golds or something ridiculous yeah, I know. It's insane yeah um I loved watching the Olympics I'm sad it's over actually I got quite into it I was so emotional cried all the time at it but yeah, big up to Laura Kenny. She's Yay. so cool. Oh, that's such a good one. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, we are now going to straight away record the next episode, which will be out like a week later after this one. But anyway, yeah. So thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our London Fleet Street centric talk. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tea O'Clock with Keller. See you next time.